When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Dr. Sky, and welcome to the Dr. Sky Experience, heard exclusively here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We like to call the radio station, as many others do, the crown jewel of radio, the iconic 77 Talk Radio. WABC, beaming out of New York City, the nation, the world, and I'm sure out into the cosmos. Welcome as we continue to talk about the skies of month number 11, November 2023. With me, Dr. Sky. Let's begin with the moon. We find as this particular month opens up, the moon is still a waning gibbous moon moving on to its last quarter phase on the date of November the 5th. The moon continues to be a thin sliver of moonlight, waning as it is, until it moves to its new phase on the 13th of November. Starting on the evening of the 14th, looking low into the southwestern part of the sky, Get set for another lunation, as we continue to see the start of lunation number 1248. The moon, as a waxing crescent, continues to move higher into our skies in the early evening as we move on to first quarter phase on the 20th of November, building up to then a gibbous moon, egg-shaped or elliptical in shape, thus the name gibbous, as the moon then moves on to its next full phase, which we call the full beaver moon, November the 27th, at 4.16 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. For many across the nation, know that daylight saving time will end and the clocks will change accordingly. We move next to the planets, the Greek word planeteos, meaning wandering stars. And all the activity, really, is probably best, in my opinion, in the early evening sky. Look high up into the south as you'll get a glimpse of Saturn. I like to call it the original ring worldwide because it was the first planet to actually be detecting, that is, a ring system around it. But in a telescope, those of you fortunate enough to have somebody who has a telescope nearby as a neighbor or a friend, take advantage of it, because the ring system of Saturn is now tipped some eight degrees to your line of sight. Over the next few years, as Saturn goes around the sun once every 29 or so years, we go through the ring plane, making the rings disappear for a few years at a time, making the ring system even more special now. Take a look at it high in the south, as mentioned before, as it moves through the star field of the constellation of Aquarius, the water bearer. The real showstopper happens to be with the planet Jupiter. This planet really needs no introduction, the largest planet in the solar system, as you know. A planet that has more moons than just about any other planet in the solar system. Saturn once took the lead, but now Jupiter continues to reign king, the god of gods, Zeus, with the number of moons itself. This time, Jupiter will come to opposition as we move on to the first few days of November. Right around the third of this month of November, Jupiter will be at its best, ladies and gentlemen, and I mean best, meaning that it'll be probably as close as you'll ever get to see it in your entire lifetime. That happens for all of us here around 8 a.m. on the morning of November the 2nd, 
when the planet is just shy of 367 million miles away from your eye. The next time that Jupiter will be this close, get a load of this date, would be October 16th of the year 2485. What will be slightly less than 367 million miles away, 366 million miles and change, making it a good opportunity to see it. Not only with the naked eye is it a bright beacon of light. For those of you familiar with magnitudes, the higher the negative number, the brighter the object in the sky. The sun checks in at the all-time high number of minus 26. A full moon is registered about minus 12 on the scale of magnitude, but right now, Jupiter is just shy of minus 3. For those technically inclined, the Jupiter magnification, or I should say brilliance right now, is that of about minus 2.91. But who's counting? The object is bright enough to actually cast shadows under dark skies. I've seen it before. But for the rest of us city dwellers, it's a great opportunity to take a pair of binoculars and scan toward this giant planet. Just like Galileo did back on January the 7th of 1610, when he took his very crude telescope of low power, maybe 25 times the magnification of the eye, and he first spied on three what he thought were stars next to the brilliant orb of Jupiter. On the successive nights, he thought he discovered a fourth object. We now know these to be the Galilean satellites named in honor of many of the mistresses of Jupiter who had a much wandering eye. They are Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto, and you can watch them not only in a high pair of binoculars, but the telescope observation is really second to none. Even in a small telescope of a magnification of 150 times your eye, you'll get to see the swirling cloud tops of Jupiter, one of the fastest, if not the fastest, rotating planet in the solar system. An object 88,000 miles in diameter rotates once on average of about 9 hours and 55 minutes, according to our Earth clocks. Now that's fast. But remember, Jupiter is just a myriad of gases, ammonia, nitrogen, and all other strange chemical compounds on a frustrated planet that may once have thought itself to want to be a star. But yes, if it wanted to become a star, it would need to have 80 times the mass that it does. Simply, Jupiter is a spectacular object to see as it moves through the star fields of the zodiac sign of Aries the Ram. But don't forget, there are other planets to be seen. A planet that's name sometimes gets confused and people laugh at, we say it appropriately, as Uranus. The object was discovered by an astronomer named William Herschel on March the 13th, 1781, when he took his basic telescope and observed this greenish object more than a billion miles away from us now, coming to opposition on the 13th. For those technically inclined, go to this website, theskylive.com, and scan through all the planets. It'll help you identify an object even as faint and distant as the planet Uranus. Uranus itself has many moons, but it's so far away that in the cold abyss of the deep dark recess of the solar system, the planet Uranus has its own distinction. And that is, it's out there in deep space. You can see it in a telescope, but it doesn't look much more than like a small speck, even though you can see a diameter to it under high magnification. The early morning sky continues with the beautiful planet Venus. Easy to see with the naked eye, and now some 40 degrees away from the rising sun. Tell your friends and neighbors that the object that you see that's that bright is not an airplane, a UFO, or anything other than the goddess of love and beauty herself. 
and a number of meteor showers take place during the month of November. We begin on the morning of the 5th with the southern torrid meteor shower. You may get to see, if you look high into the northeast sky after sunset, maybe a few slow-moving fireballs, all courtesy of a comet known as Comet 2P, the Comet Enki. And then as we move further into the month of November, on the evening hours of the 11th and 12th, I would suggest looking in that same direction again after sunset for the northern torrid meteor shower, which can produce occasional bright fireballs. So, if the sky is your oyster, you have an opportunity under hopefully nearly dark skies because the moon is new on the 13th. And then a very famous meteor shower that needs a little bit of an introduction, but is famous unto itself. The great Leonid meteor shower peaks on the morning of the 17th and 18th. Look into the eastern sky by about 2 a.m. for the rising constellation of Leo the Lion. All these debris, maybe 10 or 15 meteors an hour, very fast meteors, all brought to us by the comet of days gone by, known as 55P, Comet Temple Total. Every 33 years, if you've been studying meteor showers, the Leonid shower roars. But over the course of history, this particular meteor shower, and particularly in 1966, here in southern Arizona, sky watchers got to see an incredible blast of meteors, a literal meteor storm. And I'm not kidding. From around 5.30 a.m. around the November 16th date of 1966, sky watchers in southern Arizona saw for about an hour over 500,000 meteors pouring out of the sky. So you never know what you'll get with this amazing meteor shower and sometimes storming known as the Leonids. Find ourselves looking at the moon. It's at apogee on the 6th of November and closest to us as we move toward the period of the 21st. And don't forget, about a month ago, I hope each and every one of you got to at least experience a partial solar eclipse. And for those of you that didn't, I want to thank all of our hosts, Tom Garrity, and the entire Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta, in which yours truly was invited to be a keynote speaker on stage with meteorologist Joe Diaz of ABC Channel 7 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well over 80,000 people or more in the field looking to the skies. The next major eclipse of the sun will be that of April the 8th of 2024, and we'll be talking so much about that here on the Dr. Sky Experience with me, yours truly, Dr. Sky, your navigator on the highway to the heavens, reminding each and every one of you to always remember to keep your eyes to the skies. My email is Show. that's D-R-S-K-Y show, at gmail.com. And for all of those visitors out here to the West, we recommend two great places to eat that love the Dr. Sky experience, as many of you tell us you do too. For Chinese food, it's Yao's Chinese Cuisine in Gilbert, Arizona. And how about New York Best of the West Pizza? Two locations here in Phoenix, Raphael's Pizza in Phoenix and Glendale. Rounding out all of our observations from the great realms of astronomy, space, aviation, and weather with celebrity guests in the mix. And how about that? Other interviews with great Americans talking about American exceptionalism as we here are on Talk Radio 77 WABC and proud to be part of this radio show. Join us every Sunday with John Katsimatidis, proud owner of this radio station, as we talk with him and you about things that go bump in the night to expand our minds as we join him and the listeners around the nation on the Cats Roundtable. And then twice a month, early mornings on Wednesday, 1 a.m., we talk with Frank Morano, 
on a newly formed name for our hour with Frank, which was called The Infinite Side of Midnight. Now we're beginning to be calling it Cosmic Conversations with Dr. Sky with Frank Morano on this great radio station, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Clear skies and good health. And don't forget to email me. We'll see you on the radio to answer your many questions on things that go out into the cosmos that maybe many people in the mainstream media don't talk about enough, but you know where to find information here on the Dr. Sky Experience. Have a great month and clear skies.